the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. If you were on the Zoom call yesterday with uh, our vice president, you probably knew what she started the call by telling you anyway. I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. That seems very intolerant to me. How does she know she's a woman? How does she know her suit is blue? Did we take a vote on that? Is that supported by uh, a Democratic vote, Kamala Harris? Man. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is a little bit too out there for me sometimes, but she tweeted in response to that, I am Marjorie Taylor Greene. I am a woman. I am a mother. And I am sick of this. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? No, we are not all sick of this. No. No. I don't know what the percentage is, but there are a lot of people who are not sick of this. In fact, there are a lot of people who think this is Wonderful. Now, they're not a majority, but they are a very loud minority. That is why it is essential for you to speak out against it, because there are always going to be people who are too scared to speak out against it. And then they will be sucked in as if they approve, merely for the fact that they refuse to verbalize their disapproval. It's a little bit like cultural undertow, right? You hear about people that get trapped in the undertow or they get taken out by a riptide and they can't get back to shore. They didn't even realize they were being sucked away. How many of you out there listening to me now are thinking, I can't really afford to say anything because if I do, I'm going to lose my job or I'm going to lose my friends or I'm going to lose my social standing or okay. The mistake you make is that you think you can eliminate the consequences of saying nothing. When in fact, the consequences are coming no matter what. You do not have the choice to avoid this. You only have the choice to determine how and when you will pay the cost for it. What do I mean? Say nothing. I keep my job. I keep my friends. I keep my social standing at the country club. Great. How do you feel when you look in the mirror in the morning? And what happens when you're not just allowed to say nothing, but you have to join in? You have to sign on. You have to put your pronouns in your email signature. You have to um, sit through and not just sit through, but participate in a seminar that voices things that you absolutely positively do not believe. 
See, I'm not telling you that you have to go out today and make a radical departure and take a stand that might cause some of those consequences to befall you. What I'm saying is that those consequences are coming. This is not a battle that you get to sit out. I personally believe that if you do nothing now, all you're doing is delaying the consequences and, I would argue, amplifying the consequences. That's one of the things that I've noticed from people who are courageous and take a stand is that they find out that, you know what? There's freedom, there's liberty in being able to articulate how you feel and why you feel the way that you do. And the other part of it is that almost always when you speak true things when you do not go along with the uh, woke illogic you find that the people you end up discussing arguing talking with they don't have any basis for what they think they are so certain about They really don't. Uh, My guess is that we have enough good people out there that can still win us this battle because, as I told the people last night, it's not that we're going to win it because God is on our side. We're going to win it because we're on God's side. And that brings me to the Buckeye Valley Local School District. Now, we've talked about this story before where they have an author, Jason Tharp, who was scheduled to read his book, It's Okay to Be a Unicorn, to students at West Elementary School. A couple of newly elected board members got wind of this, and they, like me, were suspicious of the title of the book, and they said, ah, we want to take a look at that book, and we're like, no, it does not leave room for an opposing viewpoint. When you bring this about, like, it's okay to be a unicorn, what are you saying? It's okay to be different. It's okay to... Believe you're not the sex you were born. It's okay to embrace a lot of the ideologies that are out there on the left. So they said, no, guy can't come. and He can come, but he can't read his book. Now, the ACLU is threatening the Buckeye Valley School District. They've sent a letter, ooh, ooh, threat by letter, that says, School board officials deem the content to be pro-LGBTQ plus in its viewpoint. Based on the available information, the book has also been removed and or banned from the West Elementary Library collection. Good, good. But of course, the ACLU is not on board with that, and they want the book back in the library, and they want this guy to be able to come, and they want more books like this, of course. Now, as I said at the time, this is what the school board members who were elected, were elected to do. Again, remember, democracy, republic, different. A republic, you have elected representatives. These school board members are elected representatives to to represent the view of the people. They would not have won their races if they did not have a majority of voters in their district. So I hope The school board at Buckeye Valley does not weaken its backbone and take its stand. And I hope that the ACLU 
is told to go away. You're not welcome here. We need more school board members in more school districts like these school board members in Buckeye Valley. We need to be vigilant about what is going on in our schools and what is being crammed down the throats of our kids. Because if you listen or just let the activists have their way, stay quiet, don't engage, preserve your little corner of the world as long as you think you can, you're inevitably going to lose this battle. Do you want your kids to grow up in the kind of country that the Democrats envision? Or do you want your kids to grow up in the country that you did? I'll choose the latter every single time. Unfortunately, we cannot trust our public school teachers. They say they're committed to the kids, but they're not. Case in point, Columbus Education Association, that's the teachers union for the Columbus City Schools teachers, uh, they picketed downtown this morning. They're going to pick it again tonight, so pray for rain between 5 and 7. <laughs> because they are mad that the district has not shown, read, caved to their contract demands. So, of course, they're going to do what? They're going to hold the kids hostage and make it inconvenient for parents if they have to in order to get their way. One of the options that they are prepared to take is to strike. They're looking at meeting with their full membership on August the 21st, which is the Sunday before classes start. Oh, could we do it now? Could we send a message now? Of course we could, but that wouldn't give us maximum leverage over the kids. See, the kids, we care about the kids so much that we're going to use them as pawns in our contract negotiations. And we're going to give the parents who have to work, presumably... No time to adjust to the whim of our demands. Here is the uh, head of the union, John Caneglio. We're far apart with the district on a lot of the terms. We're going to put all of our pieces in place so we can use all of our tools in the collective bargaining process. And one of those tools is going on strike if necessary. But remember, kids come first. So whatever drug Joe Biden was on yesterday when he creepily looked into the camera and shouted about insurrection at the Capitol for 17 seconds without blinking once, uh, that drug is apparently worn off. And he's uh, now got a better dose of whatever they give him to keep him upright. And he's at the White House making a triumphant return from five days in isolation due to COVID. In fact... That's radically different today than it was just a year ago. COVID isn't gone, but even with cases climbing in this country, COVID deaths are down nearly 90 percent. And when I took office, that's 90 percent difference between today and when I took office. That's what's new. That's what's new in COVID response, different from where we were just a year ago. Even if COVID, even if you get COVID, You can avoid winding up with a severe case. You can now prevent most COVID deaths, and that's because three free tools my administration has invested in and distributed this past year, booster shots, at-home tests, 
easy to use, effective treatments. No, it's because this variant of COVID is not nearly as serious, serious as Omicron or the original. The guy who blames everything that goes bad on other people and attempts to take credit for everything he has nothing to do with comes back from COVID doing it all over again. Oh, my goodness. Uh, now, in, in line with that, remember when he tried to take credit for Intel coming to Ohio? It had nothing to do with Intel coming to Ohio. Nothing. Zero zip nada. I knew this before last night. When I had the opportunity to visit with some friends, the 1776ers in New Albany, and the mayor of New Albany, Mayor Spaulding, was in attendance and gave an update on Intel. You know, he mentioned Jobs Ohio. He thanked the mayor of Gahanna, who was also there, surrounding communities, talked about how they engaged quickly in the bid process. They got the governor involved. They got John Husted involved, the lieutenant governor. He never mentioned the feds. He even thanked the General Assembly, the state of Ohio. Never mentioned the feds. Well, what did we learn besides the fact that Joe Biden had nothing to do with Intel coming to Ohio? Well, I found it interesting that the mayor of New Albany said that the long-range plans for New Albany, when Intel, let's say they come and they build, the CHIPS Act passes, let's say they get the, well, even if they get... The hundred billion is if the Chips Act passes. The twenty billion investment is even if the Chips Act does not pass. Don't you envision New Albany being this gargantuan city on Columbus's east side? I did. He says no. He says New Albany will retain much of its small town charm. Might grow by hmm, three thousand people. They can, of course, control that. They're annexing all the land, but they don't have to give building permits for residential. I found that interesting. Now, what about other areas over there? Because the questions that were submitted to the mayors last night, as I moderated the discussion, at least, mm, I think, five or six of them had something to do with, hey, how can we preserve the way of life that we have over here right now? We like our way of life. We kind of like being on the edge of Columbus and driving into work from Alexandria or driving into work from Johnstown or Hebron. We don't want to be Dublin. We don't want to be Hilliard. We don't want to be Columbus. Do we have a reasonable expectation that that will not be the case? And that is actually my concern. And I said that right away when Intel came here. It's great. I get it. Progress and all that. But I live... On the opposite side of town, it's not going to affect me, I don't think. But the part of town that I grow in is growing. A lot harder for me to get to the city than it used to be. I got to go through three roundabouts. Didn't used to have to do that. That's progress, baby. You get a roundabout. You know you've arrived. So... I get it. I get the concern of people who live in the country, want to work in the city. They like the proximity. They don't want the city in their backyard. So, in theory, you don't have to worry if you are in Violet Township, Jersey Township. In reality, your life is going to change because here's what's going to happen. We're going to get a bunch of high-paying jobs at Intel. We're going to get 
however many thousand people they employ, plus a lot of people who are going to come and have a long time to work and build the infrastructure and the Intel factories. They estimate 7,000 construction jobs, 10,000 other jobs. Those people are going to be coming into the area, and they're going to need a place to live. Now, you're a township trustee, Violet Township, um, Jersey Township. Are you going to withstand the push of developers who are going to come in there and essentially can pay farmers who own that land out there whatever the farmer wants to get that land, zone it residential, and build housing developments, condos, apartment buildings. In reality, are you going to be able to say, no, sorry, uh, we're not going to build those here. Y'all are going to go have to live in Pataskala because Pataskala is all about it. They're willing to grow. They want to grow. They're ready to grow. Fine. I suppose you could hope that everybody who's coming to Intel is going to live in Pataskala and come up 310, the Jersey Township. But I don't think that's realistic. And if you live out there, particularly like if you live in Granville, and I know people who live in Granville and come to Columbus, your commute to Columbus, well, I don't envy you with that after Intel gets up and running. So, look. Progress has a price. There are people who are going to get rich off this. I'm not making the case that this is a bad thing at all. I will not make that case. I do not know. I will not predict the future as far as it concerns Intel. But I think anybody who tries to stiff arm the questions about, hey, we didn't ask for this. We're not crazy about this. We're ready to retire. We like our life in the country. We don't want to have to deal with the sprawl and the inevitable changes that are going to come. I don't think it is, while maybe true to the letter of the comments that, you know, hey, development doesn't have to happen here. Your elected officials are in control. The reality of it is if developers come in and they're coming because, for instance, Gahanna's close by. Got a bunch of vacant land in Gahanna? No, you do not. You do not have much of an of an area in Gahanna where you can add a ton of people. Westerville, no. All that vacant land out there, all that wide open spaces, is where there's room to grow, and that is where the growth is most likely going to happen. Because if you're a farmer and you own hundreds, thousands of acres, and a developer comes in. I wouldn't take the first offer, but I think it's foolish to think that he won't eventually take an offer. Now, where has J.D. Vance been? Is he hiding out? Is he campaigning? We'll discuss next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.